New days, introducing the original Blood Clad Podcast, not BS. Told in semantic. Special dedication, all the way from New York. Boom! Yeah, man, SWOT semantic. Yeah, man, oh. Boom! Sued in semantic. Yeah, man, Big up to the man, yeah. Sued in semantic. It is time, ladies and gentlemen. Have you guys have you been looking for luxury watches for quite some time or have contemplated doing so, but you don't really know who you can trust and where the best prices are? Look no further. Time for Luxury has got your back. Make sure to check out the site. Some of the watches they sell include Patek Philippe, Rolex, AP, Cartier, Hublot, Richard Mill, and many others as well. Make sure to check them out. You will be very, very glad you did. Welcome to another episode of Soothing Semantics. I am your host, Rafi Pinsky. Make sure to subscribe, like, share, leave a comment. And without further ado, here we are. Today, we have Anthony Sabatino. How's it going, brother? How are you? Good, man. How are you? I am doing phenomenally. So Anthony is the owner, the CEO of AS. I hope I'm getting this right, bro. Yes, I got it. Okay. ASPF Consulting. And uh, we discussed emotional intelligence, so we'll get into that uh, very quickly. But before we do, give us a little bit of an idea of what ASPF uh, Business Consulting does. Yeah, definitely. So I run a company. I'm a CEO and founder of a company called ASPF Solutions. And basically what we do is we consult businesses one-on-one in two major areas. Um, the first of which is through omnipresence within branding, right? So a lot of people think about what branding is. You know, a lot of people lump that in with marketing. Um, at the end of the day, we focus mainly on omnipresence. How can we be everywhere so well that we can leverage it to what it is that we're trying to create and whatever that speaks to our ambition? So that's the first thing. The second thing is necessarily based in company structuring as well as delegation strategy, right? So we mainly work with small and medium-sized businesses. So usually we have a little bit of staff involved, right? Either whether it be teams or with partnerships and things of that nature. So how can we best delegate properly? How can we create flow of communication threads, things like that, um, to ultimately aid the flourishment of scale? So that's basically what we do. Okay, phenomenal. So in terms of in terms of building a business, right? So say I have a real estate business, okay? And it's fairly on the, on the newer side. What would be certain strategies that you would suggest to implement or that you would implement in order to grow it? You know, whether it be a newer business or a business that's 10 years old. Yeah, so, you know, in those two scenarios or whether you're brand new or 10 years old, there are, there are some differentiators. Um, but let's use the newer example, right? Let's say we just started off. The number one thing to understand is, we, number one, we have to know, we have to be very honest and practical with what it is that we're trying to create, right? So a new business can be a blank canvas is the point, right? That's why there's a big difference there. So if we are honest, let's say we're just trying to grow X number, we're trying to impact X amount of people, we're trying to hit X amount of sales, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. What usually needs to happen is we need to create some sort of a flow to that goal. So basically reverse engineering it. So what I would do, the first thing, right, is if I'm being honest with myself, I know that ultimately the brand that we're going to build is going to be the ultimate top of funnel situation that's going to create basically all the opportunities and sales that we're going to need if done properly. So what I would be doing, first step is be basically establishing my brand across platforms. So number one, not only establish credibility behind who I am, but also actually giving some authenticity behind what my name is. Right. Uh, I think a lot of people speak to that. Um, I think there's a way to do it. 
that you create a little bit more authenticity, a little more access driven. And I'm sure we'll talk about access. It's a term that I'm very bullish on. I, I speak to it a lot in my content and my consulting. Um, but ultimately, you know, what I would do is I'd begin building my brand in, in a way that is financially stable enough for someone who's new, who can't afford to spend, you know, thousands of dollars per month. Mm. You know, it's very important. It's very important to, to know your budget when you're starting out in something. You know, you have to have the belief that jumping in the water and spending that money is one of the, the biggest factors in getting you to where you want to be. You know, you can't play it too safe. Sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, you have to make some sort of risky investment. Um, and consulting, marketing, those are very, those are very, very important aspects of, of growth. So um, in terms of social media, I mean, you do, I imagine, you know, you worked with Joe, what are elements of social media that you would, that you would uh, implement? Yeah. So, you know, I think there's, there's a broad way to answer that question. And then I think there's more specifics. I would say, you know, Joe's, first of all, Joe's amazing, right? Um, such, he, such a nice guy, man. Such a nice guy. And so we worked together closely for a little while. Um, we met through a different agency that he works with. And um, so like, there's a difference between Instagram specific because he's obviously got that on lock. Mm -hmm. I think what's different is what I would say in terms of the cloud of social media is we need to understand why it's important to be omnipresent, why it's important to express things further than just Instagram and the depths behind that. Instagram is obviously a, you know, a mega platform. It's, it's something that 99.9% .9 of businesses need to have a genuine presence on. For sure. Real quick, real quick, Tim. It's really crazy how only two years ago I understood the value on social media and Instagram specifically, but I I just didn't do it. I didn't have enough of a push to do it. Now, the more you spend in your business and you realize the the necessity of social media, there's it's too competitive. If you if you want any sort of chance to compete in this market in 2021, going in 2022. You need to be, you need to have a presence on social media. That's just the reality, in my opinion. You're, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And then I, I think the, I think the reason why that's right is even more interesting <laughs> to talk deeper on. So I, I like to think very deep on a lot of these blanket statements, right? Like blanket statement in this particular case being, you know, gotta, you need to have a presence on social media to be successful. And some people like to your, your point you know, we'll go two years where you kind of know it in your head consciously, but for whatever reason, there's a disconnect and the action doesn't get going. Well, if we understood the back end of why the action never took place two years ago, that would really aid us in going forward and whatever the next step would be. So that's like a key point. Um, but just back to what I was saying before, the omnipresence of it all is extremely important and the depths as to why is even more important. What I mean by that is this, because it's important to clarify. So Let's we take Instagram, for example, mega platform. Everybody really does need a genuine pre presence on it to build a brand of any kind, right? It's, it's kind of the one platform that people can always revert back to and feel safe on, right? They can get a grip of what somebody is, regardless of the PRing somebody's doing on it. The, the consumer always feels they can go to that as their safe haven. So it's extremely important. Why omnipresence is important, I'm going to keep relaying back to that word because just to clarify what it means is we're on every platform. We're everywhere, right? We're I think of spirit. Yeah. I think of God when you mentioned omnipresence naturally. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Exactly. It's a great, great example. Yeah, yeah. So basically why that's so important in the social media thing of things is because let's say for an example, right? I have this amazing presence on Instagram. My Instagram looks just top notch. It's the best thing anybody's ever seen, but then I Google you or I try to find you anywhere else and there's crickets. 
And I can't seem to find the credibility that matches what you have on Instagram. Because I know, because again, there's a lot of people that have amazing Instagrams, but just simply do not back it up with the other boxes remaining to be checked. And there's a big problem with that. So, you know, especially when you start working with people of higher magnitude, of course, like I said, Instagram's important, but when you lack everything else, it creates a big time lack of depth and a lot of whole, a lot of questions to become asked, right? Like why is your brand so big here and not anywhere else? Have you not been giving any energy to anywhere else or is there something else going on? You know, there needs to be a big focus on paving it across the board and not just picking one, going all in on it and not giving any attention to anything else. So there's a big key there. So you think, well, I know Joe mentioned to me very honestly, he doesn't really do TikTok. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I asked him if he had one, so he doesn't really do that. So are you saying, are you kind of going against that point and saying that if you have a big Instagram, say you have over 50,000 followers, do you have a, a TikTok yourself with a decent following? I do. So there's okay. a reason, there's a humongous, okay, we can talk about, this is extremely important to talk about. I'm glad you even brought that up to begin with. There's a reason why TikTok needs to be pushed on and you should be posting content on there and why it goes against the grain of, you know, only having a big presence on Instagram. TikTok is so big on organic reach right now, meaning the amount of, and this is important to clarify as well, what organic reach means is the amount of, the amount of people on the platform that are consuming it, like scrolling through and viewing it is a whole lot more than the people that are creating on the platform, right? So creators are a whole lot less, meaning every time that creator creates something, it's getting a higher organic boost than it would on somewhere on another platform where the balance of creators versus consumers is more balanced. Like in yeah, I mean, yeah, to TikTok, I wouldn't say it's it's that easy, but compared to other apps, compared to other platforms, it seems like it's much easier to grow your, your followers. Right? Well, of course, nothing's ever easy, right? We don't want, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Sure, of course. The process is the opportunities there. It's not as accessible. The reach is not just factually, like the data, right? Like it's not factually of higher reach than pretty much any other platform. That's just the fact. So to not be producing on it is simply missed opportunity as well as it lacks the credibility of being across platforms. So the question mm -hmm. then arises, why aren't you? Because the reality is, is that the attention is there at mass. So here's what it is for me, by the way, now that you mentioned TikTok, cause I just, I posted three clips, three shorts from some of my podcasts. The other day I posted three more, they got no views. This has been on, on for a couple of days. Um, because I haven't really aggressively been posting and I have a buddy in, well, I know, I know this girl who has, who works with her father's mortgage company. She posts a lot of funny content, but that's just these little clips of herself, but she's very clever. And she has like over 300,000 followers on Instagram. She has over 50,000. She's, she's very good with social media. Um, and I had her on my podcast and then I had this other guy who's a realtor in Cali on my podcast and he, his, his, his um, TikTok is a lot newer, but he's gotten to 77,000 followers. So their content's very different from mine because I have a podcast. What I'm doing is I'm taking a bit from the podcast and I'm putting it in. Of course, I can, I can just put a video up of me doing something. A, it's not, it's not really what I'm trying to do. I'd be open to suggestions, open to hearing what people have to say about it. But I mean, this is an extreme case, but take Joe Rogan, right? Listen, I'm no Joe Rogan and I can't just go and copy what he does, nor do I want to. I want to do my own authentic thing. 
But people will sometimes look at a massive page and say, oh, well, they did it that way, so I can do the same thing. Not exactly. When he, when he started out, things were a lot less saturated. He already had notoriety going into it. He can get away with certain things. I cannot, for instance. So with TikTok, I, I don't even think he really has TikTok. He just, maybe he does, but so many other people are posting his content. It, it just, you know what I'm saying? They do the work for him at this point. So as a podcaster, what do you suggest would be a good way to build my TikTok? That's a good question. Yeah. Well, number one, you can do what you're currently doing, but with consistency attached to it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so people just your same ideology, right? You look at someone like Joe Rogan who has this big page and everybody thinks it's so easy. Well, you can also look at people who have zero posts and zero followers on TikTok who all, all of a sudden get a million and we think, oh, it's that easy. Also now, right? So it's always both ends of that duality. So to you, what I would say was, this is your main, like big macro piece of content. This is what it's going to be 45 or so minutes long, whatever it's going to be. You know, this is going to be a long piece of content, which you can then clip down and put into 30 to a minute piece of content. Great. Post on TikTok. To accept though, that it has to be, if it doesn't get done in a couple times and I've gotten zero views or whatever, then we can't blame the platform, nor should we blame our, our, you know, I guess, execution of doing it. What we should be doing is redirecting our creative. So, if, and our, we should ask ourselves, are we being patient enough? Are we allowing consistency to actually take hold? This is so important, dude. I love what you're telling me. I'm, I'm I've, okay. I don't want to chew, chew your ear off because I really want to hear more. I'm just, I'm excited. Yeah. This is a great topic because I was, I was thinking about this for the past couple of days. Now go on, man. Okay, cool. So first yeah. of all, I'm glad that that's the case because number one, it's resonating. So I'm sure it's probably resonating with a lot of your listeners as well. Oh, dude, you know, because real quick, the, the pot, my podcast, right, I was talking to Joe about this. And I have a pretty good read on when someone's genuine. And, you know, Joe just comes off as so genuine. And he said, dude, you have a, an amazing channel, you just have to get it in front of more people. And he didn't say it in terms of, you know, you got to push it. He was saying, it's awesome. It just it has to take its time. Obviously, there's marketing and there are ways to push it. But, you know, he really, he really had good things to say about it. And thank God, I've gotten terrific feedback. Um, I've been consistent since day one, started on August 24th of 2020. I know the day, I'm never going to forget the date. Uh, never missed a week, man. Not one week that I miss. And, and that's just been my attitude. And I'm learning as I go. I'm learning to tweak different things. I'm, I'm planning on getting, you know, new mics. I'm going to get a, two additional mics, uh, you know, four, four shore SM7Bs. You know, I'm going to get all the equipment and, you know, eventually better cameras, maybe lighting. And, and there's just, there's so much to work on, but more than anything, the consistency is what constantly allows your brain to make these smart little tweaks as you go. Yeah, That's what I find. You're 100% right. And so like how I would then take that, what you just said back into what's happening with TikTok is I would number one, apply that, right? So deploy all of that consistency and patience because it does make a difference. There's people just like, there's always a spectrum to this, right? There's people who are going to post one thing and get a million views and think, oh my God, I can't believe it. And then there's people who are not going to post for two years and you're never going to get that push. But who's to say when it's going to happen, when it's not? The key is to never blame the platform because again, the platform, the fact of the matter is has the most attention and the most ability for organic reach without spending dollars on media. That's just the fact. So if we want to then appreciate the opportunities as they come, TikTok is that right now. Again, that's not to take away from anything else. That's not to say, oh, we shouldn't, we shouldn't post on Instagram. We shouldn't post on YouTube or LinkedIn. That's not to say that. This is an and game, not mm -hmm. an either or. Very important to understand as well. 
So that's where a lot of people have the disconnect with TikTok as well, right? They're like, oh, I have an Instagram, I have a YouTube, I have a Twitter or whatever. Why have TikTok? I have, you know, I have an, I do enough. It's confusing as it is. Maybe, right? True, sometimes, but we have to understand it's more of an and game and we have to speak to the honesty of our ambition. If our ambition is X and it's as big as you say and your claims are as strong, you need to back it up with equal action. And that action might entail you having to push the envelope a little bit and doing something on TikTok that makes you feel uncomfortable. That's not to say you have to just start doing crazy dances like you see people doing, but that is to say, you know, putting some more consistency around something that you feel uncomfortable about or maybe don't even believe in in the moment, it will, it will matter. And that's not you know to say- No, go on. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. I was just saying like, uh, it, it's like, you don't want to ever look at it as a perfect science either saying like, oh, if I only do this for eight weeks, it'll get me there. It's like, oh, no, no. Focus on the journey, not the outcome. Oh, but, for sure. Yeah. No, I'm very, I uh, thank God I have a very good grasp on that concept yeah. in every facet of my life. I've, yeah, I've learned that over the years for sure. Um, and of course, I think uh, I, I, I think I speak for everyone when I say there are times, of course, where you hope it just happens faster. But the reality is you just, I think for me, the best way to continue to go, obviously is to, to see a passion and really enjoy it. So for instance, with the podcast, I genuinely love it. So even if it becomes strenuous in terms of, damn, why am I not growing as quickly? I know that I have what it takes to be a big podcaster. I really do. And whether, and, and all it really, all that really matters is that, <coughs> excuse me, all that really matters is that I believe it um, ultimately. So, so with, with, posting on TikTok and Instagram, I have no issue doing it. For me, it's really, I'd much rather delegate it. So once I'm willing to, to pay for some, pay for that, I would prefer to have a social media manager. Once I decide, okay, I want to take, you know, three minutes to three minutes and 20 seconds. And then I, you know, another couple of clips within the episode, I want, you know, Amy Johnson to take those clips, do all the legwork. So I don't have to be bothered. That's what I'd like to do. Um, Instagram, I do feel needs some sort of personal engagement as well. You can't fully delegate. I think it does need a bit of a personal touch. You got to be in, involved, sure. but, um, and I could be wrong with TikTok, but I feel like it's, it's, if, if you have somebody posting, who's going to know you don't have TikTok stories, do you? Yeah, no, they don't. But you know, so I, I think, I think the, the bottom line with both of those, whether it be Instagram, TikTok or whatever other platform it is, the genuity will come out regardless so like whether it's me posting or amy johnson it's going to be a matter of your consumers will feel it in an, in an indirect way maybe not like they're never going to know particularly that it's like oh that's definitely not him right that's definitely not him like they're not going to probably think that but they'll there'll be some you know distance and that might not happen every post but it might be one every six and you have to just ask yourself whether or not you want to allow that to happen. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a matter of what you want. If you genuinely want to delegate that out of, out of your realm of, you know, actionable things you have to do during the week, by all means, it's amazing to do. If you don't want to do that and you want to be heavily involved, that's great too. I think ultimately what it, boil, what it always will boil, uh, boil down to is people want, and this is like, this comes down to like the entire like predication of my thesis of my content is people genuinely want access to whatever brand that they are following. And whatever that makes them feel like, they feel like. And you have an obligation to create that and manufacture that in whatever ecosystem you're building across your brand, which is why omnipresence is so important. So think about it like that. That's another, I guess, different angle to look at it with. If you only have a presence on one platform, 
right? And people, you know, people have this just genuine urge for inclusion. They want to be involved in a mission. They want to feel like they're surrounded in a team environment. They want to feel like they're a part of something. And you are just nowhere to be found everywhere else. You kind of limit, you put a glass ceiling on what your brand can do. Absolutely. If you also look at some of the biggest brands out there, none of them only have one presence on one platform. So we really do have to ask a question of, you know, what are we modeling? Where are we learning from? You know, and like you said, you can look at someone like a Joe Rogan where it's like, of course, you know, you can get away with things that you can't me as well, obviously. But the point of the matter is what I rather just as a blanket, you know, one-on-one situation, would I rather model a Joe Rogan process or would I rather model someone who's telling me something that I don't necessarily agree or see that he has the results that I want, you know? 100%. I mean, I'd rather, I'd, I'd definitely rather go with the person that, that actually knows what they're talking about, that has done the things that they say to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, 100%. I, for me, truthfully, it really comes down to capital. I mean, so long as I, I, I have, and I think the word that speaks for most people, although there are people who have the money and just don't do it. But yeah, I mean, if I had the, the capital to throw down, then I mean, fuck it. What am I, what am I even thinking about? I would hire somebody on Upwork or whoever I'd honestly talk to you, talk to Joe and just be like, hey guys, listen, this is how I think it should be. Let me know your thoughts. Tell me your strategies. Give me your constructive criticism. I'm all open. Let's make this happen. You know, I already have an editor for the podcast. I mean, I that's night and day. Huh? Let me jump in quick because I'm sorry. Go to you. It's so important because the amount of people that say that exact sentence and there's just one little tweak to it that mm-hmm. I think can make all the difference. So this is like exactly, this is pretty much what my company does in essence. So a lot of people don't want to be bothered because either whether it be confusing, it's just too much work. They don't have the time on their plate, whatever, all valid things. But all of them have that one sentence in mind. Like they want to just delegate it out. They want to be like, all right, like let me contact who I know and be like, Hey, like, these are my thoughts. This is my outline. What I'm thinking, let me know your thoughts and let's get it done. Valid, right? The disconnect, just the little tweak that should be made is let's take some serious time, even though it's uncomfortable, even though you don't necessarily want to do it in the moment, take the time to actually do it yourself for 30 days, take 30 days out of your life and do it because of this one idea. And this will make sense. This is not rocket science, but it is a little bit lost in translation. If you can do it for 30 days, you are a billion times better judge of who you're hiring, of whether or not they're doing a good job. Great advice. It's fantastic advice. Fantastic advice. So important because people want it so bad to just get it out of their life because it's annoying them. So like, just take it, go. But what they lose in translation is the time and money that wastes because you don't necessarily know what you're judging, whether it's good or bad or somewhere in the middle. The gray area is the nuance killer. So we have to be able to take the 30 to 60 days, whatever it is to you, make it unique, but Mm -hmm. genuinely know how to judge. And that's basically what we do, right? Like we're literally consulting that to make sure that, and of course we have partners and, and even people on staff that can do the creation part of things in the production, but I have no interest in doing and giving that to somebody if they don't know how to judge it. Cause then I'm just the person giving them some blanket commodity that they can get anywhere. You know, sure. we want to make some sort of a transformation in this process. So the way that we do that is by injecting the actual strategies in your head as the owner, the leader, that way you can then kind of, you can see how the path then trickles down a little bit nicer and smoother. It's fantastic advice, dude. I love that. It's so, it's so accurate in my opinion. Uh, you, that's awesome. I love that because if you just throw it, yeah, you throw it away and you just hope that, okay, they've got it. It'll, it'll explode. Everything will work out. You have nothing. You have no basis 
to, to say whether it's really going well or not because you haven't done the work yourself. It's very, I love that. Um, and I'll kind of go into, go into more about what you guys do. You know, you, especially with the emotional intelligence. Yeah. So basically, you know, with the emotional intelligence, the reason I bring it up is because no, I think it's important in business, right? Because, and we kind of spoke about this a little bit privately, the more that you know about yourself, your self-awareness increases, the more you're able to understand how others are receiving what it is that you're putting out into the world, right? And whether that be through branding and content, right? And the distribution of it, you can get a better sense of feedback, or it could even be in one-on-one -on -one communications with clients, if you're working with them or with partnerships or with your staff, like owner to staff relationships, either way, you, the amount of uses that I'm understanding more of your self-awareness and then the depths of EQ around self-awareness, um, which we'll talk about, whether that be, you know, things like self-compassion, self-love, things like that play, you know, a lot of people lump that into that woo-woo stuff, like the lifestyle, you know, that kind of thing, but there's a genuine practicality to it in the business world. Those, those soft skills bring more to the table because it allows the other person to empathize with who you are, which is what everything business is the relationship art of all arts. So if we can put ourselves in a position that we're better understanding what we're doing, which then correlates to what they're doing, there's a whole different system going on. Because if we can believe that, and you can choose to not believe this, but if we can lean into the fact that we're kind of all mirroring each other in some way, shape or form, it gives us more of an indicator like, oh, wait a second, let me understand what it is that I'm giving off. Because there are things that you're doing completely unconsciously that unless you are aware of them, they're affecting how you do business. And whether that be through one-on-one -on -one situations, like working with clients, like maybe I do, or even if you're on like this product business that you have no hands-on approach to, the amount of communication style and threads that you have with your staff and your team, and even just, you know, customer service with, you know, buyers, it matters and it comes off. So what I do basically is in the consulting that we're doing, we're making sure that we're always kind of backing it up and bolstering all the actual in the trenches business tactics with why they make sense emotionally so that they actually stick. Cause I can, that this is the whole point of what a commodity is over a brand. Like I can go buy, you know, a marketing service. I could throw a rock and find somebody, you know what I mean? What I can't do is make sure that whoever I'm buying from can make sure that I'm understanding it to the point where it's stuck in here. So that now I can make sure I'm affecting everybody sustainably for the future. Do you know what I mean? Like we can, Absolutely. We can go things through data, like we can create marketing campaigns. Great. There's a thousand people, you know, in New York City that can do that. Probably more. But the point is, like, I want to make sure that whatever we're doing, number one, we're giving at least enough knowledge and education to the owner or leadership team who's ever in charge that they can then be the judge and jury of what it is that they're hiring, as well as they are in a sustainable place emotionally, knowing that all the strategies that they're that they're putting out now these new things that they didn't know prior that we brought to the table. Now we can say, okay, this is why this makes sense. This is why it should stick. And this is what I want you to be able to portray to whoever you're telling, right? Staff, clients, things like that, and have it make sense to them too. Yeah, that's perfect. Cause, cause I think, um, thinking how to word it, I mean, the mirroring is something that I really try to focus on at the same time, being a former New Yorker, there's definitely that directness that I have. So, you know, I try to, I try to, if someone's not New York and not as straightforward, I have to kind of learn that, um, you know, how to navigate that. So thank God, I think I have a pretty good knack for that. And I make relationship, I do quite well with uh, relationships, but I know those things are very important. 
they are. And so like, just to piggyback off that, right. Like we can even go deeper, right. Like obviously I'm a New Yorker too. And that straightforward attitude that we both have to each other, it, it flows, right. Because it's natural, but it doesn't necessarily always have to be like the conscious, like face value of what we come off as. It's actually deeper than that. So basically, yes, you're right. And then number two, let's say we're working with a client. We're trying to work out a partnership deal with somebody. Right. And we forget that we're, you know, we're beings and we have a memory and all of those things are living in us. And it always is going to come out in some way, shape or form when somebody else triggers it. So we don't necessarily know what those triggers are a lot of the times. Right. So let's say we're in a partnership situation and we're talking with somebody that we want to do business with. Could be a client, could be whatever. And that person says something that triggers us a little bit. Maybe it's a financial number that makes us feel insecure that we haven't hit a number like that yet. And a little mm-hmm. bit, we get turned off, right? You, can, you can't see anything. That's why I say like, it's not necessarily like a New Yorker attitude. It's more like, it's like the energy that you're putting out. The mood in the room changes and you can feel it. And you know when that's happening. And what's happening is whatever insecurity that triggered you has just been exposed and now it's floating around in the air and nobody knows how to handle it. So that weird feeling that we all have makes a big deal in business, right? And the more that you can kind of get a hold on these things and awareness makes a big deal. So the ideology behind it all is like, hey, listen, the more that I understand about my insecurities, and that doesn't have to be a bad thing, you know, we can brace it for the oneness that is, right? We don't have to sit there and be like, oh, woe is me. It's more like, let's just take what we now know that we struggle with right? And put that in a place that we can own it. Let's put that in a place that it emotionally processes through me, as well as bottling it down and letting it coming out at the worst possible moment when I'm trying to do a deal. You know what I mean? Things like that make a big thing. And, and so like, there's examples that I can go probably for hours with you on, but the amount of people that I work with that say the words, they say the right words that make sense, but their actions don't speak anything close to it. And the reason is, is all these disconnects are living in them emotionally because maybe they don't feel like they're worth it, right? Those, you know, those upper limit beliefs that a lot of people struggle with, they don't feel like they're capable. So all these words they're saying, they heard on social media that makes sense to them, but in their own heads, they're like self, you know, they're like self-sabotaging mm-hmm. that a lot too. So, you know, there's a lot of these things that really come into the midst of it all that people are genuinely just operating life unconscious of. And until you make the unconscious conscious, it's going to control your life. And we're, I, there's a great line and I just basically reiterated it. It goes until you make the unconscious conscious, we will call it, uh, it will control your life and we will call it fate. Right. Like, so like, we'll basically go around and be like, Oh, that was, you know, that meant to happen or you know, like, that makes sense. Huh? It didn't work out today. Like, yeah, maybe, but you can also understand that like your awareness can evolve and you can, you can make shifts in yourself that will direct outward. And so it's always been a very paradoxical, very paradoxical concept, you know, because I, it's a good, it's a very nice way to cope to say, ah, oh, it was for the best. And, and there's a, an element where I believe that's true, you know, because there's a, there are certain things you can't control, but then most things you can. So it's always the question of, was that the, the kind of thing that was meant to be, or did I not put enough effort or did I not have the foresight to either avoid it or be more proactive and having a better outcome? True. And so it's funny you mentioned that, right? So like, whether it be controlled or uncontrolled, there's no reason to have to control anything. A lot of people have control issues and I'm not saying I'm on some pedestal here. I think we all have control issues in some realm. It's more a matter of when we're in a position where we're like, oh, I wish I, I, if I could have done more, right? Like, or I could have positioned myself in a better place. All of those, like, yeah, could be, right? I always fall into that default of, well, I, never, I would never have known the alternative if I would have done it differently. So that's kind of an easy way to remedy whatever 
you know, woe is me that you're living in when you're attempting to control something, right? A lot of things you can control and a lot of things you can't. There's no perfect direct relationship there. It's like in the moment, it's contextual, right? Mm -hmm. The idea of it all though is if you were to have done something differently in your own head that you're like, oh, if I would have done this differently and that would have happened, you would have never known the alternative. What is just is, that is just the flow of things. Right, so right. there is this, this, you know, play that we're putting on in our head is completely, you know, in our own head. It's, it's nowhere else. It's as invalid as anything in this life. So to kind of fall into that understanding of there is no other alternative other than what you have done and to focus on what you can control and cannot control is just basically wasted time. Like just do, you know what I mean? Like do what your intuition is telling you to do, do what the facts are telling you, look at the data. You can do all these tactical things, but the second that you kind of steep into that, should I have controlled it more? Should I have let go? Should I have done more? Should I have done less? It's just, just let it go and move on. And like, it's easier said than done, but you have to always recommit to the fact that you would have never known the alternative. So this wasted time of going back and forth is as just wasted time. Very true. Very accurate. I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard this said with, um, ever heard of Valuetainment, Patrick Bet David? I don't think so. You should check him out, man. Brilliant guy. Has, has very big social media channels. Huge YouTube. Very knowledgeable. Um, definitely check him out. I feel like you'd like him. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure he said something along these lines of don't dwell too much on what could or couldn't have been. Ultimately, every, every action going forward, I'm just really expounding on what you're saying, is... Um, is an opportunity to teach you, you know, just, you, you can, you can wonder as a learning lesson, why maybe you could have done something better, but don't dwell on it too much. Think, think, think about it, use it as a learning lesson, like I said, and proceed. That's the end. Yeah. Of it. yeah so it's, it's very true. People, uh, that's what cripples so many people because right now, you know, I, I went back on the podcast quickly, been doing it over a year, haven't hit a thousand subscribers yet, but then I tell myself, Hey, you've caught, you, uh, real quick, um, I think Steve Harvey said this. If you're already, well, I don't feel I'm in hell, but this is an extreme quote. Sure. If you're already in hell, why stay there? You know, you like mm -hmm. you might as well get out of it. He said he said it along those lines, and it's like, yeah, why would you stay in hell? You know, get out of it. Yeah. So I've already I've made the seventy one episodes. I've been consistent. I'm seeing growth. Yeah, I'm not, of course, I don't have 100,000 subscribers when some people blow up in three months, but I'm going to quit now. I mean, I've never, it hasn't crossed my mind, but I mean, I've thought, obviously I've been, there have been moments where I've been like, oh, come on. But, yeah. but I mean, just the idea of, of dwelling, like I said, I don't dwell on it. I just say, okay, well, what can I do better? And that's also a good question for you is when do you think something just needs time? Because that's an important thing of, of just really knowing yourself and knowing what you're trying to create. When does something need time? And when is something just completely a wreck and needs to be completely switched and, and form? And, yeah. It's a valid question. And I, so I don't think there's a perfect answer to it. I think there's always going to be context. Yeah. It makes all the difference in the world, right? Whatever, what works for me is not going to work for you, vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously the environment in which we're in will change. So there's, there's going to be different answers. I think at a macro though, if your intuition is speaking to you, because you know what everybody knows what that feels like when that's oh, happening sure. and it's not going away you should ask yourself whether or not you just need to be deploying some patience and you know taking a maybe not a step off the gas pedal but this is this is really what i needed to hear man i love this, <laughs> this i'm glad so... like, this is what this is so important to yeah. me is like in, in a weird way we all need to hear it you know it's like sure man i think it's just like what everybody <laughs> needs but 
when your intuition is speaking to you and this, this goes for everybody, you know, I'm glad it's resonating with you. And it obviously resonates with me too, because I'm saying it, but like when it's speaking to you, everybody knows what that feels like. And you have to keep on keeping on, you know, and you know, when something's just horribly wrong and is a wreck that needs to be scrapped. Yeah. And like you, these are feelings. And this is, again, it comes down to that self-awareness. Too many people ignore, too many people ignore their intuitions. The, this yeah. podcast is like, I think about it. I have these visions and I think about having these big guests and getting on these platforms. And I have certain topics that I want to discuss on Joe Rogan and to other people. I don't even, I don't even talk about it with many other people. I've talked about it with maybe one or two people that actually believe that I'm, they believe people that I know believe I would do it. They just don't necessarily believe it'll happen. Yeah. So I don't even bother bringing it up to them. I'm just like, I'm going to just go fucking do it and it'll happen. And then they'll be like, what the hell? What happened? How'd that happen? Yeah. But I have these huge plans and, and every day my brain is like, you're going to get there. You're going to get there. Just keep doing those things. You, this is, this is you, you were built for this shit. And I have friends that tell me that at the end of the day, friends can tell you all everything you want to hear. It has to come from you at the end of the day. You know, it's, it's nice to hear these, these affirmations and the, or these, um, you know, these, uh, the validations, but it, it, they're, they're, they're kind words are not going to get you there. Uh, but, but the, that intuition, man, it's, it's, it's like, it's so fucking powerful. And that's what, that's what really keeps me going, man. It's I, it's my brain, my body, my soul. It's telling me, dude, you got to keep doing this. And Right. Exactly. So when all that's connected, there's a very distinct feeling that it, it's yeah. almost like it feels a right. It feels right. It feels right. Yeah. And that's, so to answer your question, I feel like that is when you understand how you just need to relax and take some patience. And when I say relax, I don't mean take a step back. I mean, like, keep going, but don't stop based on what your brain is telling you. It maybe mm -hmm. isn't practical right now, because we have this weird messed up, you know, relationship with time a lot of times. So like you said a year, you've been doing this a little over a year. Yeah. A little over a year. Like, so you know how short that is like in the grand scheme of things. But again, we convince ourselves and rationalize so much that we're like, oh my God, I've only, I haven't reached X amount of subscribers yet. Like, and we rationalize and we, we fall into these weird feedback loops that only actually hurt us. And taking it back to the last conversation we have, it's like just wasted time. Like once we reach those points, we're like, oh, hold on a second. I would have never known the alternative. There could be a life right now where I did this podcast and four guests in, I hit a hundred thousand subscribers. Like that could have happened somewhere else, but it didn't. And this is just what it is. Like. Right it's just a keep on keeping on moment. And to your point, when you had mentioned, you know, with like other people's, cause I think this was a lot of people too, you know, with friends advice or parents advice or, you know, different uh, acquaintances that, you know, in a business world, they're all coming from their own experiences and what they've accomplished and what they deem possible in the time spent that they value. That means absolutely nothing with you. And if you look at it more of almost like a safety process, like a lot of these people actually just want to make sure that you're safe and happy. So anything mm -hmm. that kind of contradicts that in their own heads, they're like, oh, wait, don't do it. Don't take the risk because they're just giving you advice based on their own internalizations. I, I love that you're saying this because whenever I, I'm very critical of that. So there's a lot of friends, a lot of people in general that are not going to say anything. And I'm, this is pretty much what you're saying. This is what exactly what you're saying. They're, they're not going to want to tell you anything negative because they feel like that wouldn't be a supportive friend. Right. All the more so, as much as I appreciate it, if I feel it's genuine, I want someone to be like, dude, you could have done this or you could have done that. And I have friends occasionally that do that. And I'm like, dude, I appreciate you. But then again, there's also an element where I have a bit of pride. And if 
I have a friend that never made a piece of content or someone I've never met even more so that's never made a piece of content. And they're yeah. like, oh, bro, have you thought of doing this? And you thought of doing that? And part of my brain's like, have you ever made a fucking piece of content in your life? Like, do you have any idea what it takes to do it? Not, a, not that I'm some big podcaster yet, but do you know what content creation is? Do you know what goes into it? I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah. they just throw out this advice. And, and part of me, and, and part of me should probably listen because at the end of the day, they're consumers. So, you know, in any business, if you have a clothing company and some people don't like the product, some of the shirts you're putting out, you might want to listen and you might learn a thing or two. You know, same with haters, for instance, you know, as much as people don't want to listen to the haters, sometimes they might have a point. So um, I really haven't gotten like I've never gotten any comments from any trolls saying like, yo, your shit sucks. Granted, it's not big enough for that. I'm, I'm very confident once it's got like 100,000 followers, people be like, yo, this and yo, that. I, I don't really see myself caring, but then again, I'm not there yet, so I can't really say. You know, it's very hard to say that, to make that distinct, to, that determination, because some stuff, you know, can really get to you. Um, yeah, man, I mean, you've, you've touched on so many good points, touched on so many good points. Thank you. Yeah. Any, uh, any, any other, uh, in terms of the business and, you know, other, other things that you're looking to, to build on for yourself? You know, because you, and I appreciate you reaching out, by the way, because this is also having you and Joe reach out right you know so close to each other it, it's that that to me feels awesome just having people especially with large followings reaching out to me it's it's uh it's nice it's humbling man it feels good it's it's you know i put the work in it's it's very nice well i, I appreciate you you know saying yes <laughs> um so yeah. i would say so I, let's i mean i want to say two things so number one for what you know what i'm building on so i'm, I'm starting a podcast too that's launching on january 1st which is mm -hmm. great um, I have something that is basically like my pride and joy, the piece of content, well, not the piece, but the, I guess, area of content that I'm most excited about and have already committed and executed a good amount of them already. But where I'm really like, this is, has the best feedback. It has the most value and packs the most bunch. So I started a vlog um, on YouTube and it's basically outlining, there's six currently up on YouTube right now. And they're around, some of them are around 10 minutes, some of them are around like 22 minutes, but they're basically outlines what it goes into basically my life as well as different things that I can help consult on and different strategies to go into building a small business. And we're, you know, basically going around New York city. We're just, we're doing what my life entails. Right. But a lot of it inc includes different consulting calls. Um, vlog number six, I just posted it two days ago. Um, amazing feedback already. Cause the entirety, the premise of the vlog was the inside behind the scenes look of what a content creation day looks like. So you get to kind of see what it's like for me actually shooting content in a mass way. So like we're in the city, I'm at the office space I have in the city and I have like a suitcase, we're changing clothes. Like we're, it's like cool. Right. And it's a, it's an interesting look to understand what goes into things like that because it's so easy to just PR ourselves on Instagram or wherever, but to look what goes into it is extremely important. And it humbles the people who are maybe not creating at the level that you are. And I can be like, that's what he's doing. I can do that too. Like, it's not hard. It's not even that time consuming. Like we did, I actually have a chronological like timestamp along the day. So you can follow how long it took me. It only mm -hmm. took me five hours to get 18 pieces of content that are completely different. Like, so it's really cool. And you have a good time to do it. At least I do, you know, like when you like being in front of the camera and you believe in what it is that your content represents, it's fun. So, you know, I'm going to be pushing hard on that in 2022 podcast is going to be big. It's called the Anthony Sabatino show. Um, it launches January 1st. And so definitely going to definitely a lot of letters, brother. 
Yeah, yeah, hopefully, definitely. Hopefully um, people, people will be able to remember that. Oh my God, yeah. Uh, this <laughs> but um, I just wanted to say this one thing though, like that, that, that'll be, you know, whatever it is that I, I have going on next year. But I want to give one thing that I think can speak to everybody, whoever is creating content or running a business or building a brand or whatever. Really, really focus on creativity and uniqueness something that I believe in heavily. I've made its own specific Instagram post about it with a really in-depth caption. I believe in creativity slash uniqueness more than anything. Meaning look at what you're doing. Understand that there's so many other people doing what you're doing, especially in like my industry and people that are putting out business content. Gary Vaynerchuk said something along these lines the other day. And it literally just, my, 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 my body was like, go on, man, go on. I'm just, I'll tell you what he said afterwards. Sure. Yeah. So I believe in creativity so much because it's the gateway to differentiating yourself. And I always think back to this example, let's say, you know, a lot of people who are listening, listening to this are on their own business or somewhere in the you know, spectrum of doing so. But think about the other end of the spectrum, which is like, let's say you're going to apply for a job and you're sitting down an interview. What's the most common question ever, at least that you prepare for is what makes you different. And for whatever reason, when we're creating content, we completely forget about that. And we're like, oh, no, let's just do what everybody else does. And like, let's, because it, it's comfortable. We know what to do because we can copy, mm-hmm. we can model. But the second that we have to get creative, we have a blank state in our mind. We don't know what to do. And to focus more on creativity and whatever it is that you're doing, whatever industry that you're doing, the most saturated of businesses in the world can still become creative because the cream always rises to the top no matter what you're doing. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. And just to like, like almost articulate what that means. And like, even someone like me, like the reason I started the vlog was because there's like nobody else doing it. And this, the, the feedback that I got from that blog in, in, ref, in reference or opposition to things that I posted on Instagram or TikTok or, 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 or LinkedIn or whatever has mm-hmm. been completely different because people are like mind blown at the fact that they can consume content in a way that's a vlog to a business owner. They're like, oh, wait, I thought vloggers were like people who like go to ice cream shops and like capture it on camera and like make jokes and like run around with their friends. It's like, yeah, that's also, you know what I mean? But like you can be creative in whatever you're doing because you have to know that you're basically like your ability to connect with your audience, no matter how small or big it is, is going to reflect on how creative you can be to get their attention. I couldn't agree more. I, I love this. So, so I saw a Gary Vaynerchuk, first off, couple of things that really keep me going with the podcast and I keep talking about the podcast but real estate also I really really love it and that's the primary focus it's that the you know that's really the money maker and you know I hope the podcast will grow to a point that I can do that and just get into investment right away but you know either either that's neither here nor there right now uh, but the podcast for now is more of a side hustle and I heard Joe Rogan on a podcast a while ago talking to a guy and he said dude you know you know how he talks yeah. hard, hard to kind of imitate it but dude i was making podcasts for like 10 years before i got paid yeah 10 years you know and, I, and he's like you just gotta keep doing it and then gary v is like you just gotta go to a garage sale you just <laughs> know he does that thing with his hand yeah <laughs> no but he's like he's like uh they, there are too many content creators that do whatever's trending, you know, and you have with Instagram, you have all those reels, those classic things that everyone does. And people copy those in in the hopes of blowing up, which, which I'm sure works for some, but barely works for most. Gary said, don't just 
make content, don't make YouTube videos on what's trending. Because in the long run, your channel is very, very highly unlikely to be a sustainable channel going forward for you know the long term. Do what speaks to you, even if it takes you years to really see growth, because at the end of the day, that's something you can actually give your all to. And that makes that that's all I needed to hear, dude. And every time I have a bit of a mental block or something in my brain is telling me, ah, yeah, you know, you're not that good. It's too podcasting's too saturated. You're not unique enough. You're not funny enough. You know, you don't have big tits. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just being honest. Yeah. You know, whatever the case is, I mean, they're they're pretty big for a guy. I mean, you know? <laughs> but but um, uh, there obviously we all have our doubts. And then I I look back at myself. I have my my positive positive side of my brain. I go, shut the fuck up, Rafi. You can yeah. do this. You can do this. You're doing this. Um, listen. To, you know, remember what Gary said. Remember what. Uh, what, what Joe said. And that's, I really, whenever I have a difficult time mentally, I think of what both of them said. And I said, okay, I can do this. Um, and, and that's really what it is. It's, it's just being genuine. And I love the editing, dude. I have a blast. I have a, an editor in Pakistan. He does a great job. And anytime I have this creative thing, he'll do it. I mean, I had, I just, I'm going to send you this thing. I, I had him do with one of these scenes from Troy, you know, you know, Troy. The yeah. movie. I had him uh, Photoshop my face on it. I had a, a Russian realtor. He's a luxury realtor here. He, he kind of sounds like, he sounds like, you know, he sounds like Putin. So I was making a joke. He sounds like a Russian guy, whatever. Yeah. So I, I had Putin on a horse with like a whole like, like KGB suit and like a fancy hat. And I'd right next to Putin, I put him on the, on the same horse with like a thing. And I do that with a bunch of different videos. I'll put family guy scenes. I'll put anything relevant, anything funny. And it's, you know, anything. If I had, I had this uh, realtor coach, who really helped me out. So I put her, I photoshopped her face on, um, on Wonder Woman flying and just, you know, just random shtick like that. But this is, I mean, this is something I've never been able to put my creativity to work like I can now. There's never been an opportunity for me that I can now do. And the, the possibilities, possibilities are endless. I mean, new real estate clients that don't know me from a hole in the wall, I send my podcast to them. Come check me out, get to know me. And so I don't have to chew your ear off for two hours. Here's a podcast. This is what I look like. This is what I sound like. This is what I discuss. You can, here you go. I'm yeah. an open book. And, yeah. and I mean, it's a wonderful thing, man, because very few realtors have podcasts and the realtors that do have podcasts, I don't know, what do they have? Five episodes and they quit. Most of them are audio. Very few are video. They haven't had big guests. I've had some very notable guests. So, so you know, that, I mean, it excites me to, to say all these things. It really does. It's awesome. That's amazing, dude. I'm so excited. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Yeah. It, it really lights a fire under my ass. The more I think about it. I, so based on what you told me, like I think a lot of Ryan Serhant comes to mind, if you know who he is. Sure. Of course. Yeah. Like his content, I think, um, especially in the real estate world is definitely innovative and definitely creative. So like I would, I would model that in a way Absolutely. that still feels authentic to you that would make a lot absolutely. of sense. absolutely he also said something that that really hit me really hit me he said in the beginning stage of something i'm going to send you this video because it's unbelievable and he was so passionate in the video he was throwing f-bombs every other word he usually doesn't do that so much but you can tell he was so fired up about this he yeah. said when you're starting out in something think of it as you're rafting against the current okay and you're in you're in this this uh you know, high rapid, what do they call it? Anyway, you're, raft, you're rafting through the raft. 
and you're getting knocked, the rocks are hitting you, you you're about to fall off the boat. Maybe you do fall off the boat a couple of times, mm -hmm. but you know that at the end of the day, these rapids aren't gonna last forever. And there's either a, a big river or an ocean somewhere. And once you can raft, once you can get that raft through all those rapids, you eventually end up with this beautiful open body of water and you're finally free. You know, and you can you can let the let the oars go. You can jump out of the water if you decide to do so and float, whatever it is. But he's, yeah. he, he just it was his rule of life, you know, and, and just getting through that. So I can look at it in real estate and set a goal in terms of how many closings I have or how much commission I make. Mm -hmm. um, I can look at my podcast in terms of, OK, well, once I hit 10,000 subscribers, I know that God willing, organically, things should should start to become a little bit easier definitely once I get to a hundred thousand. So for me right now, it's that, it's that grind of, okay, I just got to keep that going until X amount of subscribers or X amount of views or whatever it is. And I look at it as little rungs on the ladder and I just have to appreciate every small win along the way. Yeah. So let me just touch on this really quick because it, it, I think what you just said makes so much sense. So I just, I have an article that I, that comes out officially published every week. And this week's article that I just posted uh, last night, so basically today, um, it was all about how hierarchies work, right, in businesses. So as well as like the owner's perspective. So what you just said, right, like you being able to appreciate that every little ladder step is something that is a lot rarer in the masses, right, in opposition to striving for motivation, admiration of things that we want. To think, and here's what, this is like the point of the article that I wrote was, if those are both ends of the spectrum, right? Like we can admire someone who has, you know, billions of dollars, all the, you know, crazy houses and mansions, and all that stuff, something that we want or someone with, a, you know, a million subscribers, like we admire that because it's of more value or it's higher up on the hierarchy than we currently place ourselves or whatever our business or whatever we have, right? Then by nature, because it's always a gray area, we're always somewhere in the middle. We're never the least important thing in the ecosystem. We're never the most important. We're always kind of somewhere in the middle. So in that situation, I would say, okay, if we're somewhere in the middle, that means that we're not necessarily giving the resources or the attention to those lower levels that we probably should based because it's unconscious. When, we're in, when we place ourselves in a certain level in a hierarchy, it's so difficult to wrap our heads around the validity of the decision to give resources to someone that's below us. And that's not to say someone else. That means like the, the fortifying decisions that should build us up to get to where we kind of are. So what a lot of businesses and brands are doing is they're kind of standing on shaky ground because they see themselves somewhere in the middle, but the ground that they're standing on is filled with cracks. So in your, the kind of solution to this in, in, a sense, in, an, uh, in an essence here is as much as you admire all those people that you think have more than you do, like that perception of where you stand, right? Mm -hmm. You should equally be able to, to you know, deploy some gratitude and some appreciation to what you've already surpassed. But it's not a direct relationship. That's what's so interesting of like how we work in the hierarchies in our brain is we're, we're actually, we admire and get motivated by people who we perceive who has more than us so much more than we have, you know, relished in our gratitude and what we've actually accomplished, which is why in, in the article I mentioned that the reason that this is evident and why this is just pure fact is because think of like the outside influence that has to happen where like you have a kid or, you know, the deal finally doesn't go through that you finally thought. And all of a sudden you have to, you have to stop. Like something outside makes you calm down for just one second. And you're like, Oh, wait a second. Look what all I've done. Like you need something almost outside and external to give you that relishing moment. 
but it's accessible the entire time. But we're spending like 90% of the energy trying to get something that's perceptually above us. Very interesting the way we work that way. So good, dude. So good. You have a microphone? You want to just grab it, drop it? <laughs> I got my phone. <laughs> Fantastic, man. Oh, this has been so good. A lot of eye openers, man. Thank you. Thank you. Really. I, I got a lot of, wow. Yeah. It's been, a, it's been a very impactful episode. Yeah. For sure. I look for the dude. I look forward to that podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll connect obviously after this, like I'll make sure you get like one of the first persons to know. Um, January 1st is when the first episode's coming out. Awesome, man. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to wrap it up here. I did Anthony. Thank you so much for coming over. Thanks for uh, joining me on the, on the pod. I appreciate it, man. Okay, and I'm going to drop all of your social media. So, uh, you know, we'll discuss it. We'll discuss it afterward. Everything's going to pop up. You know, it'll have the actual links and it'll pop up so people can see it. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for another episode of Soothing Semantics. Make sure to subscribe, like, and share. Check out Rafi the Realtor. Also have Soothing Semantics on Instagram. I have to build that some more. Um, TikTok, Facebook, all that good stuff. You can check it out at uh, Rafi Pinsky and Soothing Semantics. Make sure to check out Anthony Sabatino's uh, content as well. And that is all. Thanks again for coming on, man. Thank Talk you, to you soon. We got it. Bye.